are in our series, New Me, if you get that booted up. Okay, thank you. And in New Me, we're talking about New Year's resolutions that actually work, right? And here we're talking today about how to deal with broken people. Now, that's got to apply to just about everybody. And if I'm going to talk about something that I personally need so much help with, I got to pray, Lord, um, it's all you. It's all on you uh, to show up, to speak to everyone, myself included, through your word and change us. Because, Lord, um, this is not going to happen by us just trying harder, even if we have all the facts. It hasn't worked. It won't work. What we need is new hearts, new minds. And, and we can only get that through you. We don't want a different stripe brokenness. We want healing. And that's what we're asking for. And that's what you promised. And we're so glad in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, what would it be like if every relationship that you're in, your marriage, your friendships, your, your work relationships, your teams, uh, your friends, everything, were to be changed for the better? Changed for the better. In fact, um, if you and I do, if you and I do what we're going to talk about today, um, that is almost guaranteed that that would happen. So uh, important for us to to stay tuned and, and stay in it. Now, I would say um, in dealing with broken people, the question comes up with many of us, why do I have to deal with the broken people? Why do, why do I have to deal with the broken people? Well, because broken people are all there is. They're all that is out there. So that's why you have to deal with broken people. That's all that exists. And you and I are broken too. But if you're broken, there is great hope because Jesus is crazy about broken people. He's all about broken people. He loves broken people. In fact, he came to make broken people whole people, right? And so that's what, that's what we're on. Jesus is your ticket to dealing with broken people. But in talking about how to deal with broken people, we're not going to be talking about other broken people. We're actually going to be talking about our broken selves in dealing with broken people. Why? Because every broken relationship that you and I have had with broken people has one common denominator. Do you know what that is? You! Right? Me! Every relationship with broken people I have ever been in. I am the only common denominator in all of them. So that's what we're going to talk about, our broken selves, right? Some of us, are keep, we keep waiting on the other person to change. And that may or may not happen. But we can change. And we can't change by just trying harder. We can't change by trying harder. We have to change by connecting with Jesus who can change us at the heart level. And then our thoughts change and our words change and our habits change and our reactions change. And that's exciting. That's what we're going to do. We're studying chapter 3 of Paul's letter to the Colossian church. If you have your Bibles, open it there. If you have your app and you go on uh, the sermon title, uh, all the scriptures and all the notes are on there. If you have your worksheet, get that out. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. We're going to uh, kick it off in verse 12. If you're ready, let's go. Paul writes, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, 
meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything and everyone together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We're going to stop there. We would never go home. But that's a tall order, is it not? Is it not? In, in short, what Paul is saying is followers of Jesus Christ, it's time that you and I started living and loving and relating like followers of Jesus Christ. And here's how you do it, right? And, and, and we know um, that there's a lot of things there. So right out of the blocks, Paul writes this. This is not. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now, did you get that? Don't, don't, don't just blaze right through that. That is not a small thing. That's not a throwaway. In fact, this, this is the key. These are the keys to having the power to deal with broken people. You are chosen. You are holy. You are beloved. You are chosen. You have been selected by God for his own. You don't need to feel not good enough. You don't have to search for your identity. You don't have to um, feel insecure. That is, he is your security. He is your identity. You are chosen. You are holy. You have been made perfect. You have nothing to prove. Jesus has gifted you his righteousness. And finally, you are beloved. You are adored because of Christ in you. God the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. So you are chosen, holy, and beloved. And if you knew that, you would have the power to love like Paul describes, like Jesus loved, right? So now, because if you belong to Jesus Christ, you have already received all of that by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. You've already received that. How? How do you receive that? Because on the cross, Jesus, our Savior and our substitute, allowed God the Father to treat him the way you and I deserve so that in him, God could treat us the way Jesus deserved. That is so good. You can't just know about it. You've got to know it. You've got to have him. And so let me ask you, do you have him? Do you have that? That is crucial. And you can. If you don't, you can. Before you leave here today, you can say, I know I have I have all of that. So if all of that gets poured into you, because God is so good, we just sang it, right? He pours all of Jesus into you through the Holy Spirit. Then what's going to pour out of you is what's inside of you, right? It makes sense. So we're going to look at the nine things that Paul listed out. And, and so that we can move quickly through them, we're going to look at them as what, so what, 
and now what? The what is, what is it? What is it about? So what is, who cares, right? Why is this important? And now what is, what am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to live differently? So that's what we're going to do. So the first what is this, is compassionate hearts. We have compassionate hearts. So what? Why is that important? The scripture is, when he, Jesus, went ashore, he's on a boat, and he goes to shore, he sees a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because he saw them like sheep without a shepherd, right? This is how Jesus deals with broken people. He deals with them with compassionate hearts. Do you know what he was doing on boats in the first place? He was trying to get away from the mobs of people who needed him. His guys hadn't even eaten. And, and they're, they're going to the other side of the lake. And the people wanted him so much, they ran around the shore and they beat him there. <coughs> so he's tired. He's exhausted. These people need him, right? Everybody's got a different need. He's feeling like the mama of four kids under six years old. Right? Everybody's got a need. And some of your one kid is like having four kids. I know. I've met them. I know. I know how you feel. But Jesus saw people as not a burden, but an opportunity to bless. So now what? We say, whatever I have for whatever healing you need. That becomes our heart. So I don't have a compassionate heart like that. That's okay. Jesus does, and he will give you his. Next, what? Kindness. Ooh, that's a big one. So, so what? God's kindness, Scripture says, is meant to lead you to repentance. Do you realize that God's kindness is the reason that you were drawn to Jesus or the reason he's the, 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 what he's using to draw you to Jesus right now. That's how Jesus deals with broken people, with kindness. Now, this is kind of kindness is more than just be nice or stop being a jerk, which I have been told every day since I was two years old and as recently as this morning. It is more than that. This is more than be nice. This is be changed. This is be Jesus, right? So let's look at the now what. Now what? How many of you have a dog that you love? You, like there's more dogs in, in this town than there are people I know. And most of you love your animals, right? Why don't you treat other people like you treat your dog? Okay? Because I have seen, I have seen the dog in my house get, can do nothing wrong. Now, this does not mean that you go up to the person behind the McDonald's counter and you rub their head and go, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? You don't do that. Rather, you see people like Jesus sees them and you treat them with the kindness that Jesus treats them. You build the bridge of kindness rather than make your point. Kindness heals division, and we know this because... This is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did for us. Um, 
I want to talk about kindness to the people you're closest to. I want to talk about kindness to the people that you're farthest from. Who is that person that you have the most difficulty feeling and speaking and acting with kindness? You know who that is. Because they push your buttons. This is the very person that God is saying, treat them with kindness. Treat them with kindness. Because that's the gospel, right? That's what Jesus did for us. Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When you and I were at our worst, Christ loved us with the most kindness, right? He loved us back. So the person who least deserves it, Jesus is saying, you you want to claim that I live inside of you? I loved you when you were at your worst. Somebody got to love them when they're at their worst so they won't know that I exist. That's you. That's me. (coughs) And if you're feeling like you're at your worst this morning, you might be. But here's something you need to know. Right now, should you change nothing about your life, Jesus is crazy in love with you right now, right right now, knowing all that he knows. And if you knew that, the next breath would not be the same as the last one. Okay, I want to encourage you in that. Okay, now, moving on. J.M. Barry said this. He wrote, uh, this is the guy who wrote uh, Peter Pan. Always tried to be a little kinder than is necessary. That's a good rule. But you may say, I don't have that kind of kind heart. Guess what? Neither do I. But that's okay. Because Jesus will give us his kindness. And that's what we need to do. Next. What? The what is humility. So so what? Scripture says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Those are the words of Jesus. Now, this is true, and this is important. So if you're a popular person, you need to listen up. This is how Jesus deals with broken people, in humility. Because if you push yourself up, God will push you down. If you get underneath somebody and humble yourself, God will lift you up. That is the truth. In fact, Jesus did this. Uh, Philippians 2.8 says, Jesus humbled himself even to the point of death. Death on a cross. So humble yourself. You want to see how somebody's true heart is? Who's your friend or your spouse, somebody you're dating? You watch how she or he treats people that they believe are lower than them, are beneath them. That will tell you something. How do you do that? Jesus says, humble yourself. God will lift you up. You exalt yourself, he's going to bring you down. Lift people up. Don't press them down. Now what? Now what? Make this your mantra. I will be a servant to all. That's who I am. That's who he is, and he's living in me. It's not my life anymore. So I'm going to be a servant to all. Make your favorite question, how can I help you? All right? That's what we're going to do. And you say, that's okay, but I, I just don't have that kind of humble heart. That's 
because Jesus does, and he will give you his. Next, what is meekness? Meekness, great power under control. Now, guys, big, strong guys, don't typically like this, meekness, because they think meekness means weakness. No, meekness means great strength under great control, right? This is what Jesus, I have the strength and the power to take you down and to take you out. But I also have mercy and compassion and self-control. So I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to give you every single chance to get it right. But it doesn't mean I couldn't, right? That's power under control. I'm going to give you every chance because... I know that the only reason I'm standing here is because Jesus gave me every chance. He didn't exert his power to crush me like a bug when I deserve that, right? So that's how Jesus deals with broken people. Let's go back so we can see that scripture and, and describe what meekness is. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling. Can you imagine that in this polarized uh, society we live in, like politically and every other way you got? To be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. To be gracious to everyone, right? So let's move on to the now what? Now what? So use your power, use your position, use your influence to bless and protect others, not to attack them or advance yourself. That's meekness. Moving on. You say, I don't have a meek heart. That's okay. Jesus does, and he will give you his. The next one is patience. So what is patience? So what? God says, be still and know that I am God. That's how Jesus deals with broken people, with patience. Who is that person that you can't be patient with? What is that thing that you're hoping for, praying for, that has not happened yet, and you're like, I can't wait anymore? What is that? Do you realize that when we're impatient, what we're saying to our sovereign God is, your perfect timing isn't perfect enough for me. I want it now. Have you not learned anything from Willy Wonka? Right? Do you not know Veruca Salt? Right? I want it now. What happened? Bad egg, right? Right? That's it. But in all reality, seriously, chances are, chances are that some of the worst regrets in your life is when you wanted something so bad, you had to have it now. Even if it was a good thing, not on God's timing, it becomes a bad thing. Are you hearing me? This happens in relationships all the time. Be still and know that I am God. Now what? Apply this to your situation. God, I want your timing. No matter how long it takes, I will do my part. But I will wait in faith, trusting that you 
are in control. You are in control. People, remember this, people who are going to live forever can afford to be patient. Right? And you, in Christ, are going to live forever. Don't stand in front of the microwave of life screaming, no! Right? Some things God is going to cook in the crockpot. And when you have his wisdom, you'll thank him for that. Okay. <coughs> Next, bearing with the what is, bearing with one another, forgiving. This is huge for those of us in broken relationships. Scripture says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's how Jesus deals with broken people. He forgives them for their brokenness. He forgives them for their brokenness. And your forgiveness will heal your broken relationships with broken people, just as Jesus' forgiveness healed the relationship between you and him, which was far more hopeless, far more disconnected, far more dysfunctional than the one you're thinking about. And the measure of our forgiveness is not how much or how little they deserve it, is not whether forgiving them is ever going to change them. What is the measure for our forgiveness? How much Christ has forgiven us. Well, he's forgiven us everything. You've got to forgive. Who is that person? <coughs> Excuse me. Let's do the now what? To whom do you need to feel? Whom do you need to say, I forgive you? You owe me nothing. Those kinds of things. Those aren't magic words. That's just, whom do you need to forgive and release? Right? You can do that. That doesn't happen one minute, the next. You just got to keep letting it go. Because it's going to come back again. Just keep letting it go. Letting it go. And after a while, it won't come back again. Okay? You and I need to do that. But I'm, I'm not a forgiving person. I get that. I get that. I hang on to things too. That's okay. Because Jesus is forgiving. And he will give you, he will give me his heart. Okay, next. We're getting to the end here. Forgiveness is the currency with which we ransom relationships from brokenness. Jesus did this for you. The next what is love. Love binds everything and everyone together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony, right? So, so what? Scripture says love covers over all offenses, right? Love covers over all sins. So love, that's the gospel, God's love. God's love poured out in Christ on the cross and the resurrection covers over everything. And your love can cover over the sins of people in your life. That's how Jesus deals with broken people, with love. Now what? We are saved by love, so your calling, my calling, is not to fix the broken people in your life, in your family, on your team, at your work but to love them to Jesus who will heal them, set them free, 
and make them meet. That's our calling, right? Next, second to last, the what is thankfulness. So what? The, the, the word says rejoice always. I want you to see this connection. Give thanks. Rejoice and thanks, right? They're connected in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How does Jesus deal with broken people? He finds something, something about them to be thankful for. You can be thankful. Here's the, the, the now what? Now, the happiest people, the people who rejoice the most, are the most compulsively thankful to God for everything. Everything. Start your day. For me, it starts like <coughs> um, after the shower and you're thanking him for hot water and, and coffee. You get in your, thank you that I have a car. Thank you it will eventually be warm. Thank you for this beautiful place where I live. Thank you for snow. Thank you for the bus. Thank you for kids that get on the bus. Thank you that I have another day. Thank you for this it's a beautiful dolby rug. Thank you for the trees that are soon going to have leaves on. Thank you. You just keep doing that. You keep doing that. You will be the happiest person. You thank him like you're at a boring meeting. Start thanking him for the people around the table. By the time, by the time you get to the end, they're going to say, what are you laughing about? Say, man, I'm just happy. Just, just be blessed. You just, I do this all the time because my life is boring meetings. And you got to praise these people, right? That's what you do. Every circumstance, you can be as, you say, look, Tom, that sounds great, but I don't have a thankful heart. Neither do I. That's okay. Because we have Jesus, and Jesus will give us his thankful heart. The last one, abiding. So what? The passage that we're studying ends with, let the word of Christ dwell, live, abide inside of you, richly, deeply, in a transforming way. That means that's how Jesus deals with broken people. He abides in the word of God. He is the word of God. He deals with them by the word of God. So now what is this? <coughs> Marinate in Jesus and his word. When I think of marinade, I think of Korean barbecue. Now, my wife is not Korean. Look at her. She's so fair, she's almost clear, right? <laughs> no, I mean, she's just not Korean. But we're watching diners, drive-ins, and diners, drive-ins, and dives on TV. I don't know why, but it just makes me hungry. She sees somebody making pork short ribs, Korean barbecue sauce. And it looks amazing. And Guy Fieri, he loses his ability to speak, right? It's so good. And you know that's got to be good. And she looks at that and she says, just here and watching this, I can make that. And she does. Oh, my. If she ever invites you over and says, I'm making Korean barbecue, you come. And you come running. And you bring everybody you know. Because it is, you will eat this to the point of discomfort. This sauce is like the best thing in the world. And it's crispy on the outside. And the meat is marinated in this. So it gets it crispy outside. But the flavor goes all the way through. And it's, like, it's obscene. Okay? 
the Lamb's wedding feast in heaven will have this dish on it. I, I'm pretty sure. So what does this mean for you to marinate yourself in the Word of God? Well, I want an example. So I got this at the grocery store. This is Rick Dive, uh, navy blue, as your marina, right there. And we can begin, if the goal is to be marinated in navy blue, because that's, that's Christ, right? That we start off as this blank slate. And you have to, you have to wash to get the, the finish off the outside. It can't absorb anything. And that's where some of you are, right? You're not all in by any means, but, but you're interested. And, and God's sand in a way the hardness of your heart, but, but you're not marinated in Him. And, and that's okay. That's an okay place to start. Maybe some of you have been where I spent a long time. You're part in. And, and, but this part, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm going to keep this part away from God so it's not marinated. It's not changed. Because it's unaffected. And if, if that's you, I'm, I want to tell you that this part of your life isn't life at all. Because He is life. And He is joy. So to go all in and take those pieces that you've been reserving away from Him and give them to Him, then you get this one. This one is all in. But it's not been soaked long. Intermittently, maybe. It's got some color to it. And that's another step. Maybe that's where you were. I'd encourage you. Because this is the goal. This is the goal. It almost looks flat. But it's the very same God that's on this one and this one. The only difference is how long it stayed in there, but how it abided, how deep it was. Be soaked in Jesus in this way. Let it abide in you until it transforms you. This, this is permanent. This is going to go decay in this color because it's been changed. Think about it. Different effect. Some of you need to take that step and be marinated in Jesus right now in the waters of baptism. Some of you be marinated in Jesus and his word by committing, say, we're going to have a date or we're going to have a we're going to have a meetup every morning. I want us to be in your word. I want to be with you. I want to soak in you. Go on, come on. Show me. Look, we're going to let you go, but I want you to make this prayer. Jesus, make me a relationship dealer with broken people. You said that's impossible. I can't do that. Only God can do that. That's right. That's right. And he could do that by pouring in all of these qualities of his into you as he gives you a new heart. Take a look. The message of the gospel is not the challenge to try harder to do better. That's not the gospel. The gospel is be made new and trust Jesus. Be changed. Be born again. Be filled with God and God will ease your heart. That's what it is. It all goes back to this dealing with broken people. That we are God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. 
take a look at what it meant for Matt Stanley. <clears throat> he wrote this, what made me love Christ wasn't all of a sudden I started figuring out how to do life. What made me love Christ is that when I was at my worst, when I absolutely could not clean myself up and there was nothing anybody could do with me, right at that moment Christ said, I'll take that one. That's the one I want. You are chosen. You are holy. And you are loved. Amazing. And as I prayed to God, I said, what do you need me to know? What do you need them to know? Here's what I got. A lot of people, even in church, don't realize that I love them right now. Right as they are. Right now. Do you know that? <coughs> Excuse me, yes you don't. You are. And you can't. And some people do know that I love them right now. They just don't realize how much. Look at that. That's my love. See? And if we knew it, we'd be filled. living and loving your life. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's pray. God, I can't even speak. <coughs> God, you've shown us lots of things that we long to be, but we cannot be. But you are. So, Lord, we want you, please, to give us your heart and take us to God. 